Welcome to the Detail Solutions Podcast. My name is Alex Russell, and I will be your host. Our guest for this episode really needs no introduction, but just in case you don't know who he is, he's probably the world's best dealership detailer hack. He is fluent in Photoshopping people into situations that are really funny unless it's done about you. We're going to be talking to big, sexy Mr. Walt Sanders, so stay tuned. Hey, hey, there he is. How you doing, Walt? Here I am. How's it going? Good, man. Good, man. I'm glad um, to have you on this episode. Um, You're going to be the end of season one interviews because next week we have a special episode that's going to end season one that won't really be interviews so you're you're kind of on season one so i I don't know if that's good or bad but (laughs) yeah i don't i don't either (laughs) i don't either yet um all right man so i don't know if you've listened to any of the podcasts before but we always start off with kind of uh an introduction who you are what you do where you're from how long you've been detailing how'd you get started all that fun stuff that everybody wants to know about all right So I live in a small town in New York, nowhere near the city. In fact, I'm about 10 minutes from the PA border. Lived here all my life. Um, I was in North Carolina for maybe six months. And then I came back. Um, When I was 17, my dad showed me how to kind of hand polish a car. He had this old 3M polish. I don't even remember what kind it was. And a t-shirt. And we polished my car. (laughs) And I was hooked from then on. I would wash my car with Windex, which of course is a is a bad idea, but I didn't know any better. So Yeah. Well I mean not 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 really if you want to strip all the wax off of it and get a you know good good start. That's a great idea. But I had clean windows. So there you go. Yeah. There you go. Um and then uh, back in, I want it was like 2006, I want to say, I got hired as a porter at a dealership, and it just kind of spun off from there. I was, I I took a liking to it. I really enjoyed it. It was the not fast food, and it wasn't paving parking right. lots, and uh, so it it just kind of grew from there. I did that for a few years before I got promoted to detailer, and. I just kept trying to learn and practice and I had some pretty good mentors back then and nice. it just, just kind of expanded from there. That's awesome. So what are you doing now? Obviously detailing, but where, what do you do? So now I'm, I'm actually, I'm at the detail spa, which most people know, but yeah. um, it's owned by a dealership. Okay. So the, the cool thing is, is even though it's owned by the dealership, we're actually located a half mile down the road. We have our own facilities. So we're kind of like our own little entity. So oh, nice. we get to, we get to be dealership detailers without being dealership detailers, so to speak. Um, we're doing, you know, ceramic coatings, paint corrections, all that fun stuff. Right. In my area, we're more of the premier type of detail shop we don't really do any of the basic stuff we don't do washes and vacuums um we have a couple cheaper packages with wax but nothing crazy so um i'm managing that place we have there's three employees right now we're looking to expand next year oh wow congrats um we're just we're trying to see kind of how things go i've been there for three years um they had just opened that up and remodeled the building to do this like six months before i started okay um, 
and we just kind of we had the same vision um i had owned my own business back in 2011 and we did okay but it just didn't work out i made some poor business decisions and that mixed with bad luck it just didn't work out but i I had some management experience detail management experience after that with another dealership and so when i came here it was just a perfect fit. I had the experience, the knowledge, the management experience. Right. And we and had the you, same vision, so it just kind of took off. And so you I kind of helped grow the business. Right. And you obviously knew what not to do after the first time around. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, so then are you strictly dealership detailing or do you do any retail type stuff? No, in fact, we do we do a ton of retail, so much okay. so that the owner gets irritated with me because gotcha. we'll fall so far behind on his dealership cars. Okay, that we have to shut our schedule off at times, so well, it gets it gets kind of hectic trying to keep up with both of them. Right, we manage. Right, and I can imagine that that's probably a pretty good thing for you because you're at least if you have to shut down or you or not like shut down, but shut down your, your schedule or those slow times, you still have dealership work that carries you through. Exactly. Yep. That's good. Um, so for the dealership, are you doing the same services for them that you're doing like retail or do you have like a specific, like quote unquote dealership detail package? Like, like some guys do. So the the biggest difference between the two is the customers have more flexibility as far as what they want to do. Right. Um, a lot of times we won't go crazy high end, you know, paint corrections on the lot cars unless it's something really nice. I mean, if we get, you know, a, a 2020, you know, Tahoe and it's, you know, clapped out, of course, we're going to do everything we need to do to it. But generally speaking, they get the traditional full interior with shampoo extraction everything and then basically they just get a one-step polish on the outside nothing too crazy okay if if it needs you know if it's a black vehicle and it really needs it we'll we'll get a little bit more into it but generally we're trying to have those vehicles out of there in about four and a half hours okay and so the the dealership is it is it more like a used car dealership or is it like kind of like a specialty kind of we're a we're a chrysler dealership so we sell amg um, and then we obviously okay. we have the used cars as well, and so we're you, we're a fairly small dealership. I mean, on okay. average, we do they sell maybe fifty cars a month. It's been a little higher lately because sales have been you know really good. But generally speaking, we're a small dealership, right? So it's nothing too crazy, which is perfect. So heck, man, 50, 50 cars a month is still almost two cars a day. You yeah. Know? Yep. You know, typically, you know, that's that's not that's not bad. Not bad work. Um, so, all right. We know dealership detailers, or is the phrase that you love to use a lot, dealership hacks. I think you use it more than I've ever heard anybody. Right, yep. <laughs> um, they're kind of looked down upon. And, and I'm sure there's a bunch of detailers out there that are kind of like you who, who are doing you know, quote unquote, the right stuff and the right way and, but, but working for dealerships. Um, what, what words of wisdom do you have for somebody who maybe is working for a dealership that maybe wants to be a little bit better 
um, with what they're turning out, like what, what could you offer to somebody who's listening or, or maybe somebody who's thinking about it, or maybe somebody who doesn't want to touch dealerships because they're just like, ah, oh, you know, whatever. Um, what could you tell them to, to kind of give them a, a, a foot in the right direction being that you do that? So my biggest piece of advice, and, and I even tell my guys now, is invest in yourself. Um, if there's trainings or anything like that, go to them. If there's, you know, certain tools that are going to help your job be faster, buy those tools. Don't wait for the dealership to do it because you have to look at it from the perspective of investing in yourself. And if you invest in yourself, the dealership, who, whether it's the service managers or the dealer principal, whoever they're working directly under is going to see that initiative. Right. And once they take that initiative and they actually start showing what they can do, then there comes a time where they're going to be paid for what they can do. And it may take a while and they may have to try a different dealership before they get there. I've worked for several dealerships over the years and they're not all a good fit. Some of them just don't care. They want them just hammered out, pressure washing the interior, whatever. They don't care. So you have to find what's going to work for you. Don't, don't give away. I mean, don't do like a $500 detail for, you know, minimum wage, basically. Oh yeah. Do, do it to gain the experience. Sure because that's the best place to practice. I mean, you're getting all those cars, all those different kinds of paints and interiors, and you get all that, 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 uh, what's the word there? Ex- experience, I guess. Yeah. The yeah. education, you know, right, you're getting working a, on the different things. Yeah. You're getting a variety um, of, of everything that you could possibly work on or experience, you know, for, yeah. for training purposes. Yeah. And, and when there's an issue, you know, you get cloudy headlights or you get a scratch that's too deep Say, Hey, I know how to fix that and just offer your service to them. And then once you show them you can do that, that's when you can start working your way up. You can ask for, you know, hey, can I get, you know, this kind of bonus when I do this or, you know, things like that. Or we're paid flat rate. So we basically, we upsell, we try to upsell by the hour. Okay. So so even with the actual dealership with used cars, if we get a vehicle and it needs, you know, three or four scratches wet sanded real quick, even if it's just 3,000 grit, we're going to upsell them. So we're going to say, hey, it's going to be an extra, you know, hour labor to do that. And then our, our details, the detailers are going to get that extra hour. So you just have to find a dealership that's willing to do that. And it can be difficult, but there's plenty of dealer principals out there willing to do it. I'm actually, I'm helping a good friend of mine now at, at another dealership. And he's starting to do ceramic coatings and things now too. So it's, it's just a long battle. You got to find someone willing to listen. Right. And willing to invest the time in the detail department because too many of them see it as um, a necessary evil. They don't want to invest the money because they don't see it being profitable. Exactly. Because they don't, they don't understand. So you have to educate them just like you would educate a, a regular customer. And that's the biggest thing is getting them to listen. So you have to show them. And sometimes that means putting yourself out there and doing things you're not necessarily getting paid appropriately for just to get that out there. So right, you because their because their theory on it is if we can't make money on it, then then there's no sense in doing it. And and a lot of times when it comes to, I think detailing with the dealerships from the experience that I've had from dealing with dealerships when we had the when I ran the car wash and and even dealerships that and and, and for me when I left the, the the car wash and started my own it was like these little mom and pop used car, you know, selling super high mileage cars. And of course they want like, you know, the cheapest thing possible because they don't, 
they know they're not going to get that return by spending, you know, thousands of dollars on ceramic coating. Um, so I think like what you're saying, you have to sell them on it and you have to make them understand that it is, you know, you're going to make money off of it. Um, at the dealership you, you work for, um, are you guys ceramic coating for them since it's a new car dealership as well? And are they, we, we do, they, I mean, they have their own, um, their own dealership, you know, specific stuff. Like I, I think right now they're using resist all, you okay. know, it's a, everybody's got their own different brands, but right, right. The, the stuff they sell on F and I, so they still have that, but when they get the customers in that, you know, they want something a little bit better, they'll, they'll buy it basically from us. They'll send it down to us and we'll take care of them. And we don't do a ton, but we do, it's hard to say, you know, one or two a month, usually they'll okay. send down that we'll do. Um, so it's, it's, it's a benefit. We are exploring doing a lot more for them. Like, um, I forget what the name is, but where they have it on the vehicle before you buy it kind of thing. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, I know, so we're I, kind of exploring options like that. I got you. Yeah. So they'll pick maybe like a few of them or whatever, and just have you guys throw them on there and then they'll just tag yeah. it into the, the package yeah. deal or whatever. Um, so what sets you apart or what do you think sets you apart from the dealership hacks? Um, I mean, I know you talked about, you know, the going to the trainings and things like that, but you specifically, how, how do you feel or where, what do you feel sets you apart from everybody else? I'd say it's just, you, you know, I take a lot of pride in my work and I, I treat every vehicle as if it were my grandmother bringing me her vehicle and it doesn't matter if it's a $2,000 car or a $200,000 car. Right. I want it to look just as good, no matter how bad it is. And at the end of the day, you know that that customer coming in, whether they're spending 50 or 500, that may be a lot of money to them. You just don't know. And I want it to look good, no matter what. So I continue to educate myself, you know, on the forums, the Facebook groups, the trainings, the networking. Um, I, I, I'll i stay after hours, come in on weekends and find, you know, we'll get a piece of junk in and I'll just, I'll experiment. I'll be like, okay, right. well, what can this do on this paint? Or why can't you use this on an interior or whatever? And I experiment. And that's one of the nice things about being with a dealership is you can get those junk cars and just practice on them and do whatever you want. You can spray acid on a dashboard just to see what it does. Just so right. You know. Right. Cause worst case scenario, they're not selling it for that much money anyways. And best case scenario, you it, actually do something good and they're going to be happy because now they can actually squeeze a little bit more money out of it or something. Exactly. And a lot of these employees at the dealerships, these dealership detailers, they just go in and they collect a paycheck and they go home and they don't, they right. don't care. And that's why there's not a high income level for dealership detailing because they just don't care. Right. They're going in, they're not doing a good job. They can't even wash the car. It's coming out muddy, you know, things like that. And that's why I'm trying to change the industry, at least in my area. I help you know, a couple different detailers at different dealerships here in my local town nice. just to elevate them. Because if, if one detailer helps another and another, then eventually someday dealership detailing, they'll be treated better as far as employees go. Right. Right. Um, so MTE this year, I believe it was, you um, spoke about being a dealership detailer, um, how was that? And, and are you planning on speaking at MTE next year? 
it's weird to say next year because it really seems like it's like this year because the way this year's been, it seems like it seems like MT is going to be this year. Um, but yeah, like, are you planning on speaking again? Um, it's going to come down to if I actually can go. I've I've missed a lot of time at work with um, you know, I, I went on vacation and then of course I had to quarantine, so right. my vacation ended up being three times longer than it was supposed to, and. Then I went into the hospital. Some some people know I went into the hospital with acute kidney failure for caffeine toxicity, and that that set me back again. And the medical bills are coming in, so it's it's tough. I'm not positive yet. Gotcha. It's probably going to be kind of a last minute thing. But how? What was your what was your you know your your take on on doing that? How, you know how was it perceived on your side, and how do you think it was perceived on? the people that attended or did you get feedback from it or things like that? So I actually got a lot more feedback than I expected. Um, when I was done, there was a line of people, you know, coming up and asking me questions, which was, oh, which nice. was weird. I, I, I wasn't sure what to expect. I've never spoke in front of a group that big. I, I think they said there was around 200 people in the room. Oh, wow. So it was pretty nerve wracking for me, but I got a lot of good feedback. You know, there was a lot of questions. Um, I, I think a lot of the, people that were in there were like manufacturer type people right or people that were trying to get business from dealerships which is still great because there's there's plenty of dealerships that don't hire detailers they just send it out so yeah either way is great but i think overall it, it went in the right direction of you know i was basically i was talking about you know managing and how to satisfy the dealers because so many people think oh you have to do a full paint correction or it's not a detail the the dealers don't want that. They want the car to shine and to look good outside. And so many people lose money because they're like, oh, it's, if it's not an $800 detail, I'm not doing it kind of thing. Right. You can get these cars in there and blow them out in four hours and they're just as happy. And it's it's missed income opportunity for a lot of people because they just they look into it too much. Right, right. And that's that was something that was reiterated to me is – there wasn't enough communication between the detailer and the dealer principal on what their expectations were going into it. And gotcha. so they'd give them a huge bill and they did way more than they were getting paid for. Right. So, I mean, overall, I think it was, it was good. I'd like to do it again and maybe focus more on that aspect of it, of getting the dealer work, because I think that's where more of the demand was, uh-huh. but we'll, we'll kind of see what happens. Right. Well, I mean, I, I hope you're able to make it back down here. Um, I feel like uh, I feel like you, even though you and I don't speak a whole lot, I mean, we're, we're friends, I, I would I would guess. And, and we do, you know, talk a lot on Facebook and whatnot. But I feel like you and I are kind of always going to be connected since we took our IDA testing at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you gave me helped me out with some. Uh, let me like, give me some um, some some what to look out for <laughs> since you took your right. SV test before I did. So I always feel like uh, like you and I are going to have that like that you know IDA brotherly test bond kind of thing. So it's always cool. It's always cool when I get to see you um, when you come down. Um, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna skip a couple of questions because you you talked about it a little bit. Um, your so so you mentioned your your health scare that you had. Um, how has that changed your outlook on taking care of yourself and any advice you can give to the guys and gals that might have the same habits because you were pounding a ton of energy drinks from what I read in your post. And, yep. um, 
I know, you know, that, that, that happens pretty much across the board in this industry. Um, there's a lot of guys and girls who will just kill energy drinks. A lot of times it's, you know, for the same purposes that you did it, like, you know, you're just cranking away. You don't really have time to stop and eat. You got to get a car done, pound an energy drink, you know, eat something sugary, get your, get your, um, you know, wake you back up and keep you going. Um, and I'll tell you, man, I stopped drinking energy drinks years ago. Uh, I was never really a big fan of them. They don't keep me awake. I could drink one and then go to sleep. Um, but I, I was talking to a monster rep one time and he was telling me that they had a can that busted open in a, in, um, uh, in a case, but it was at the very bottom of the pallet. Uh, well, not even on a pallet it was sitting on the ground. Um, and he said it took him probably, I don't know, a week or so to, you know, take all the cases down to get to that one candidate opened. And, and he told me that it had etched a hole the size of the can and probably, I don't know, an eighth of an inch or so into the concrete from that, that wow. stuff sitting there. So, you know, he told me, like, think about what that does to your stomach lining and things like that. So I stopped drinking them right then and there because I would drink a few, you know, here and there kind of deal. But, um, yeah, I mean, what do you like I said, I mean, how how have you changed your outlook on it? And, you know, what can you tell everybody else going forward um, that maybe is pounding energy drinks left and right all day long? So my biggest thing is. The, the the energy drinks are not worth your health, basically. So right. you're you're pounding energy drinks to get more cars out. You think about the long term effects that's going to have on your health, and is it really worth that few hundred dollars that you're going to make? You know what I mean? It's just right. I I in fact it was funny because two the yeah two days before I went into the hospital I had made a Facebook post with a picture of a five hour energy in a truck I was going to coat and it was eight o'clock at night and I can't remember exactly what I said but it was something along the lines of who needs sleep just pound this and go um, right and then it was two days later I ended up in the hospital so it was really eye-opening to me and like you said with it being real corrosive when I was actually in the hospital they they saw a thickening on my esophagus so they went in there with a camera and it turned out that all the energy drinks has actually started to erode my esophagus from the acids. So wow. that's another thing they're treating. So I never thought about any of those things. And I would drink, you know, six energy drinks a day, like nothing. I'd, I'd start my day off with an Adderall, a monster and a five hour energy, literally just all at once. I would, wow. I would drink the five hour energy on the way to the shop and I'd get to the shop, open the monster and take my Adderall with it. And that was just something that I did that was normal. It didn't give me, get me hyped right. up. It had just gotten to where that was my routine. And I was spending, you know, three, $400 a month on energy drinks. So it was crazy. Wow. And, you know, when you go into the hospital and he, what happened was the doctor came in and he goes, your kidneys are not functioning at all. You're being admitted. And of course he walked out scaring the living shit out of me and I'm Googling right, it. Right. And I'm just sitting in that hospital bed thinking, thinking I'm going to die. And I broke down in tears and I just looked at my wife and I'm like, I don't, I don't know what to do. I didn't ever think this would actually happen to me. You right. read about it and you hear about these things and you don't ever think it can be you. And 
it finally caught up with me. And so one of the things I'm trying to do now is take more time off of work. I would work, you know, 80 hours a week and not think twice. So now I'm trying to at least take one day off a week most of the time, not have the energy drinks, which has really been a struggle. I've caved a few times. Right. But my my biggest piece of advice is just it's not worth it. It's it's fine if you want to have them every now and then for that extra boost, but don't rely on them. Don't buy them and drink them like crazy like I did. I mean, it was literally every day for, I don't know, 12 years or something like that that I would just pound these things. And it just it took a toll on me. It really did. And oh yeah. I'm slowly starting to feel better. I'm starting to not feel like I want to sleep all the time. When I was on the energy drinks, I wasn't sleeping and you know, Well, yeah, cuz it's a it's like a sugar rush and, yeah, crash, and, you, and then you're you having to essentially pound another one to get that sugar rush and you're crashing and then you have to pound another one. Yeah, and you get tired and you can fall asleep. It's just your quality of sleep just completely sucks. You're tossing and turning, right? And then you're grumpy with everybody, and then you feel like you have to have it. And and people don't realize there's there's actually a psychological addiction to it. You you drink so many, and you feel like you have to have it. And oh yeah, it, it's insane. I never, I don't know how people quit doing drugs honestly because it was hard to just quit the caffeine. So props right. to everybody that's, you know, conquered drug addiction, because this has been a ride for me for sure. But um, yeah, just it's not worth it. You, you don't need that extra few hundred dollars. If you need to do it every now and then, I understand. But you got to think about your family for real, because it's I have a ridiculously strong work ethic. I won't be outworked by anybody. And so I'll just grind and grind and grind no matter what's there. There's, right. there's times I'd work 36 hours straight and. You just can't do that to yourself. It's it's not worth it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I I commend you for doing that because I've already mentioned a few times on this podcast that, man, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm do enough to make a a decent living and then I'm, I'm out of there, man. Like I, I learned a long time ago, spending 60, 70 hours a week at the car wash, that that's no fun when you got a wife and kid at home that you don't ever get to hang out with or see or do things with. So, you know, now I, 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 I try to make that happen. So I, I commend you for doing the 36 hour push. Cause man, there's, yeah, right. there's sometimes <laughs> there's sometimes 10 hours. I'm like done. I'm going home. I don't care like what, and it's different. I mean, for me than you, I mean, you've got way, you know, you're a little more high volume, um, than I am with the dealership stuff. So sometimes that is harder to do. Um, so what's, what's been your replacement, man? What's, what's replaced your energy drinks? So um, I'm trying to drink more, obviously I'm trying to drink more water, which I was already really good at drinking water. But the problem is, is when you're having the energy drinks, especially like the five hour energies, it, it yeah. throws all of your, your vitamins and everything off balance. So I became real potassium deficient. So even though I was drinking a lot of water, it wasn't doing me any good, basically. Um, so I'm trying to, gotcha. I'm trying to maintain that water. Um, I switched to, I'll try to have like pop, even though I, I don't really enjoy drinking pop that much anymore, but it gives me that flavor. So I have something else besides water, and then right. um, from there I'll just, I'll cut back to just water, and it'll take some time, I'm sure. But um, that's that's kind of where I'm going with it, hoping for the best. 
Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, we all we all hope you you know have a good speedy recovery and everything. Um, it's it's so funny, man. The the whole like soda pop thing. You know, you're you're, you're from from New York and you're saying pop, and right. I'm just like soda. Because <laughs> I'm I'm kind of the same way, man. Like I can't drink coffee, but I do um, feel like I need that that little bit of kick in the morning. Yeah. Um, so I'll usually stop somewhere and grab a grab a coke. Um, and but you know then that's kind of it and then i'm drinking waters throughout the day i've got a little mini fridge at the shop that's you know always loaded with with water and then for the flavor aspect like you were talking about because that's a lot of a lot of reasons why um i'll try to do i i used to always drink a soda because i was like man water just doesn't have any flavor to it so what i've started doing not recently i mean i've been doing it for i guess kind of a while um but got more more solid about it recently is I go buy like those little um uh mixed you know little drink mixes yeah like like those meals powders yeah you know I mean like I'll I'll get you know some wild strawberry grape something like that whatever's on sale or whatever they got a good deal for um at the grocery store or target or something like that and just I just leave those at the shop because then at least I've always got something with flavor and I get a couple of different ones so I can kind of switch it up so I'm not, you know, so I don't just get sick of drinking right. the same flavor all the time. Um, so that's awesome that you're doing that, man. Um, all right. So backtrack here a little bit. Um, all right. So now, now we're going to come to maybe what everybody wants to hear about. Um, you have become quite the Photoshop prankster, <laughs> my friend, on Facebook. Um what what was it that started because i don't even remember how it started i just remember all of a sudden here's walt like you know every 10 minutes it seemed like on facebook with with some photoshop what got you or what trip you know tripped in your mind to be like hey i'm just gonna start photoshopping these guys into stuff so to be honest i can't remember exactly what got me into it the first time but i remember Uh like i would I would read that somebody was upset about something like they'd be, they'd be complaining about the president or their governor. And and I was like, Oh, it'd be funny if I could just, you know, get a picture of them with that shirt on or something. And so I would ask people, Hey, can anybody put the head on there? And then I finally figured out how to do it one day and it just kind of took off. And it was like, that's my new hobby is just just swapping people's heads (laughs) or bodies or, and I, I think what makes it so funny is that I'm not even good at blending it most of the time. So it right. makes it that much funnier. It's a it's a blatant Photoshop. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's like so bad it's good. Exactly. Almost. And it's just it's fun. It gives me something to do. It takes my takes my mind off things. It's kinda of how I unwind at the end of the day sometimes and right. it's just entertaining. I'll get people that message me, they're like, Hey, can you do this or can you do that? And I love doing it. I just I have a riot. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I remember when you did the one with uh, Bruno as the uh, mermaid holding yeah. the, the banner. <laughs> that that one was that one was awesome. I don't think he liked um, that one very much. <laughs> you know, he didn't it, find so, it as funny as the rest of us. So he did and he didn't, um, because obviously, you know, as an admin, I had to ask him, you know, if I was if if I could post it as because I remember you wanted me to post it as the banner, right? Picture. And and his deal is is whoever wins paint correction of the month, their picture is on the banner for a whole month. Right. Um, so so that's where he was like, you know, no, you can't. But he was like, you can put it as an as an announcement, 
and I'll leave it up for 24 hours. Right. I almost think he kind of forgot about it because I remember 24 hours went by and I went back and looked and it was still there. Nice. <laughs> yeah, everybody's <laughs> been a pretty good sport about it. I don't think anybody's actually gotten mad at me yet. So I've been lucky there because no. I push the limit sometimes. But usually everybody's a good sport about it. And I try to Photoshop myself here and there, but it's just not as fun doing it to myself. Right, right. Exactly, exactly. You're not, you know, it's because it, everybody's, you know, not, it's not as fun, yeah. I guess. And, I, and I, do it to the, I do it to the guys at work, too. I'll send people messages at work with, you know, with our with our supervisors Photoshopped or whatever. And everybody loves nice. it. Nice. Who, who's been your favorite? to photoshop um, and i think i know the answer but i just want to hear you say it to see if i'm right or i not. would say i don't know i've been having a lot of fun with tony carmella lately that's what i was gonna say i've been having a blast with him and the reason it's so funny is because we're both really short i'm only he's five yeah. six and i'm five seven so right. i was always getting called the short guy all, all the time you know whether it be online or wherever people would make fun of me for being short so when i found right. out he was shorter than me i just had a field day so that's <laughs> when i just started you know photoshopping the crap out of him and shrinking him and it, he's been super good about it in fact yeah. we uh we were at a training together last weekend and i told him i said hey go stand over there by yourself i need a picture of you and he was real hesitant and everybody's like why would you do that for him and sure enough i was using that picture to shrink them down for everything but uh yeah i think i saw that one you you like shrunk them down and and put them in the the middle yeah. of like the whole group picture yeah. or something like that so he's been a really good sport about it i gotta give him that because he's been getting it hard for i don't know at least two months now yeah yeah i'll tell you what was funny with barry jumping in on it and putting that booster seat oh yeah um on his on his table when he posted that picture, I died. I did some really <laughs> yeah, good ones of Barry before, but um, he got even with me. He actually created an entire Facebook page of me, and just just for people oh, to really? roast me, he took it down real quick. But it was it was uh, funny. It was like, okay, I, I met my match here. I'm gonna I'll have to I'll thing. have to I'll have to message Barry and tell him he needs to start that back up. Oh, I'm sure he still has page. it. <laughs> I'm sure he does. Um, so, uh, where am I at? Um, oh, so who, who have you not photographed that you kind of want to, but maybe you're not sure how they'll take it. So you haven't done it. I'm not really sure to be honest with you, cause it's more, it, it depends on what they're saying at the time. If they say, if I see someone comment something funny, generally I'll, I'll just, you know, I'm like, Oh, this is a good idea. It, it's kind of spur of the moment thing. If I'm, scrolling through right. like i i google like random stuff like i'll i'll google like trailer park hillbilly or something and just find <laughs> the goofiest stuff i can find and that's when i start getting the ideas and then i'll be like oh this person said this and it made me think of this so right, right. i do gotta try to start getting some new people though so the, the people in the the clapping facebook page are probably gonna get it first Oh man, I might have to jump out of that group then. <laughs> you've gotten me. You've got me a few times yeah, though, yep. so you know. Yeah, I, I, yeah, you've got you've got a couple of good ones for me. Um, I don't want to give you any ideas, so we're just gonna leave it <laughs> at that. You've gotten me pretty good. <laughs> um, what software are you using to do that? I was curious. So I use a combination of things. Um, for the general, just like when I'm swapping just the face, I'll use um. 
It's Photoshop. Let me look here. Photoshop Mix. It's actually free on iPhone and iPad. So it's probably free on Android too. Um, And it basically just lets you like layer photos on top of each other. But some of the other ones I I get, some of them, believe it or not, I actually spend a little bit of time on. And I'll use a combination of the different Photoshop programs. I have the subscription to them. When we went into the coronavirus quarantine i got laid off for about five weeks and that's when i got my new ipad and i kind of went nuts buying programs so i have have about you know seven or eight different programs i'll use and sometimes i'll edit it in one program and transfer it to another because i can do different things in it which is part of the reason they don't look perfect because i'm swapping programs so right But, but photoshop mix is my primary one when i'm just doing just doing like head swaps okay so I guess it's a good thing that you're back to work now because it, it does seem like there was that, that period of time yeah. where you were just had nothing better to do. Exactly. <laughs> that was my entertainment and that was it. There was no nothing. I just was Photoshopping everybody. I get my dad all the time too. It's great. Nice. So it's not just the detail squad. Oh no, um, it's everybody. That it's, uh, nobody's safe from Walt. Nope. <laughs> and his detail. <laughs> and his, I mean, and his photoshopping. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what are your goals um, or plans, let's say, like, the next five years? What do you, what do you have that you want to do in the next five years um, with, with the, the business or the dealership or whatever? So, my plans kind of got set back a little bit, but we originally had planned, we made a five-year plan about, I want to say it was about a year and a half ago, and it was to have at least one to two more locations opened up within five years, and I would take on more of the role of trainer and ceramic coating, so basically, I would take over the more of the business aspect than I do now, Right. and essentially just train other detailers to be where I'm at. And um, I'm working with, with one kid right now and he's really, really come a long way detailing wise. I mean, he's, he's impressed me. He's been with us for about a year and a half now. He's doing really well. So the, the plan is to, you know, just keep growing. We're looking at possibly expanding the building next year. If we can maintain the volume that we have this year, cause it's been crazy. Um, right. So that's, that's kind of where I'm at. I want to create a, like a training program that's more geared toward dealership detailing, not even so much the dealership employees, but people that are looking for that extra income of doing dealership cars, because there's, there's things you can do that either people are scared of, or they think it's the wrong way or, or they're, they're on the complete opposite end of the spectrum and they're trying to do way too much than what the dealer wants. So I want to have that, that fine line there. And my plan is to have it all digital and you'll be able to go in and let's say you have gum on the seat. You'll be able to go in and click a tab that says how to remove gum or this or that. And there'll be different sections and dealerships will be able to buy this program so that when they're training people, they don't have to spend as much money, basically hands on. They'll be able to just put these guys in and they'll be able to watch a series of videos on top of their, obviously their, however they do their training, but, and then it'll right. give them resources as well. I haven't fully started it. I did start a little bit, you know, tinkering with some things, but I haven't actually launched it yet. But within five years, that's my plan to have that up and going and try to start marketing that. 
Now, with the with the talk of expanding into multiple locations, are, is that like you, or is that you and the dealership? So expanding? it would be it would be me and the dealership right now. Um, I would like to, you know, eventually try to buy into it, just because I've spent so much time growing the business. Right. That I don't want to just walk away. I last year. I was considering walking away and um, I'm kind of glad I stayed right now. It's when you, when you think of dealership detailing and you think of detailing on your own, there's a lot of things to consider. And, you know, the nice thing about working for somebody is you have, you have a guaranteed job. Basically if, if things go South, you can still pay your bills because you can just leave and go somewhere else. You know what I mean? You're not, you're not as invested as you would be in your own company, right. you're not going to lose everything. Um, paid time off, there's benefits, there's things like that. And because I had my own detail shop for three years and then I did mobile for another year, I've seen every aspect of it. And I kind of need that other person to be like, hey, no, slow down. This is how we're going to do things. And that's right. what I have now. I have, I have a lot of freedom to do the things I want to do and explore the routes I want to go like with ceramic coatings and things like that. And they trust me. And, but sometimes they'll be like, Hey, no, slow down. Let's try this. And and I need that because I have ADHD and I get really excited and passionate about things and I jump right into them and I can't do that. Right. Um, yeah. So it's, it's been, it's great because, you know, when you work at a dealership and you're, you get into that management position, not only are you making money, but you're getting that experience. You're getting that knowledge so that if you do ever want to go out on your own, you know how to do it the right way. Whereas I started my business before I did any dealership management and I probably should have did it the other way. If I could go back, I would, but um, you know, we'll, we'll see where we'll see what the future holds. Opening my own shop again is not out of the question, but we'll see what the future holds right now. I'm right now. I'm content where I'm at and you know, things are going good and, We'll see what happens. Yeah, and that's and that's awesome. I mean, if there's growth opportunity with that dealership and, and they're, you know, obviously not, you know, I guess one of the things that um, I always kind of hear negatively about dealerships is, you know, you kind of get into it as a detailer, you know, or as a detailer from what I've heard from, from friends who are detailers have done this, um, is that they, they get in, you know, you, you, you sign a contract oh, for three years, you know, two years or whatever. Um, but then what typically happens is, you know, then the, that contract's up and now they, now they want to finagle prices down a little bit, but they still want you to do higher. So if you've got a good relationship with a dealership that's rolling along with you and listening to everything you say, man, that's, that's awesome, man. You know, I'm, I'm really happy for you with that. And, um, and hope, hope that you're able to do those things. Yeah, and there's definitely uh, some bad dealerships out there as far as as far as trying to grow them. I mean, I've I've been promised the world from other places, and you know, nothing ever right. came of it. And and now I have you know other dealership you know general managers will call me and be like, hey, you know, there's this guy he just applied to be a detailer. Do you know him? You know, things like that, or I'll send them people. I'll be like, hey, do you need a detailer? Here's this guy. So I've built a lot of relationships in the in the dealership world and i've grown a network with you know a lot of sales managers and service managers right and that's you know that's one of the things that a lot of people overlook when they 
are in that, you know, in that atmosphere is they don't, they don't look at the possibilities. They're just looking at one little thing and not the bigger picture. So. I gotcha. All right. So we're pretty much close to time. So I'm going to hit you with the last and final question. You probably know what it is. If you listen to the um, podcast before, if you don't, it's how can people get in touch with you? If somebody's listening to this and maybe wants some more information uh, about de- dealership detailing, maybe somebody wants to get into a dealership because they've got one close by or a high-end dealership they want to try to go to. How do people get in touch with you? Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, TikTok, OnlyFans. So Facebook is probably the easiest way. Um, you can find me by my name, Walt Sanders, or you can find my actual page, that detail guy, Walt. That's the same name across all my platforms as far as Instagram, um, TikTok. Make sure you follow me on TikTok before they ban it. Um, the email. I thought, is, they, I thought they were. I thought they were done with. It. I thought it wasn't going to be banned anymore. I guess they posted something today. It's going to be ba- like effective Sunday. You can't download it anymore. Oh really? Yeah, so I don't know what the deal is, but you remember that flappy duck game that they banned that or they took it offline and everybody was selling cell phones with it for crazy money. So if you see my cell phone on eBay, that's why. Oh wow. But um wow. but yeah, so um just about every platform I'm on LinkedIn. I don't use that too much, but I do have it. Um so if anybody ever wants to reach out to me about dealership detail and I'm always happy to talk. Sometimes you gotta message me a few times to get me to answer because I'll look at it when I'm busy and I'll think I replied and I forget. So don't be afraid to message me more than once. Yeah. I've had to actually post on your Facebook wall a few times to get you to go. Look yeah. At and sometimes personally. I shut my notifications <laughs> off because our, uh, our shop phone is actually linked to my cell phone. So if they don't answer in a certain amount of time, okay. it goes to it. And then we have, uh, gotcha. we have a messaging app at work. And because I'm a manager, I get all of the messages from every department will come through. So sometimes I just shut all my notifications off. Gotcha. Um, so real quick, the, the TikTok thing, are you using that for business? You're using that for fun like Mr. Gray Scott does? Pretty much just for fun. I, okay. I had thought about making it more of a how-to thing, but I, I, I'm still trying to focus more on YouTube for that. And I haven't even done that. So that's the other thing gotcha. I'm also on YouTube. I forget what the name is. I think it's that. I think it's that detail guy, Walt. I don't remember to be honest with you. I don't yeah. use it enough. If you haven't been on, if you haven't been on there enough, you forget. Yeah, I, but I either either way, they, I haven't looked at the name. right. Everybody can message you through Facebook. Yeah, or Facebook's the easiest. Messenger or whatever, probably the, probably the easiest. Yeah. Um, well, awesome, Walt. Man, I listen. I really appreciate you. You know, being a guest. Um, it's getting harder and harder for me to, to kind of find not, not really, I guess everybody kind of is, is expressed interest of being on this, but, but, um, you know, it's, it's trying to find people that I don't really know a lot about. Um, you know, again, that's what this whole thing is about is to kind of meet people. And, and I've still got a bunch of people to go through. Um, but I'm glad you took time out, um, to sit and chat with us. Hopefully everybody, who listened, learned a little bit something, um, at least maybe health-wise. Yeah, or Photoshop, uh, either way. Or, yeah, or Photoshop, <laughs> or maybe that if they want to get into that dealership game. Absolutely. And, and um, they get, get a little inspiration from you and reach out to you. So I, I really appreciate you um, being on the podcast. Um, 
And thanks, man. We'll uh, we'll talk soon, I guess. Absolutely, sounds good. All right, brother, man. You have a great day. You too. All right, bye. Okay, that was Walt, big sexy Sanders, uh, rounding out. Uh, like I said, this is going to be the last interview, get to know each other kind of thing for season one. Um, next week, I've got something different planned. You guys are definitely going to want to um, stay tuned for. We've got that one person we've talked about all season long, pretty much. It's actually going to be on the episode. Um, but he's not going to be the only person. We've got a couple of other really big, big, huge names um, that are going to sit in with us. And we're going to kind of do a little roundtable um, deal. So stay tuned for that one. Again, as always, thank you for listening to us wherever you're listening to us at Anchor, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, Breaker, any of the other apps that you can find us on. Um, please subscribe to us, like us, shoot us a review, all so we can just try to get more uh, recognition. People, More people can find us, be easier for people to find us. Thanks, guys and gals, again, for listening. You guys have a wonderful whatever it is for you when you're listening to this. Thank you. Bye.